Welcome to the Cancer Youth Thrivers podcast. My name is Andrea Wilson-Woods, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Cancer U. Join me each week as I interview cancer patients, caregivers, survivors, and providers about their cancer journeys. You're listening to Cancer Youth Thrivers, where real people share true stories. After Jennifer Smurs was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 43, she had five surgeries and 18 months of treatment coupled with dealing with anxiety and depression. She is passionate about helping others by sharing coping strategies and helping them take control of their lives. She shares her research and educates people on the importance of reading labels and knowing what ingredients are in our foods and household products. Jen, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Andrea. I'm thrilled. We got through those technical difficulties. We're good to go. <laughs> so take us back to the beginning. 43 is quite young for breast cancer, although I'm hearing more of those stories. So take us back to the very beginning. What happened? Yes. So probably um, a year prior to my diagnosis, um, I did find a small marble sized lump um, on my left breast and it was, uh, it, you could move it. It wasn't painful, but I, you know, it was, it was obviously there. So I had gone to my family doctor on a number of occasions and throughout that year period um, had had ultrasounds that whatever they show in an ultrasound that there was no concern. And then March of 2019, I had my, my regular checkup. The doctor said, Oh yeah, you know, it, it, it is still there. Would you feel better going to a, have a mammogram? I I'm certainly a worrier. So I said, absolutely. And fortunately, very quickly, I was booked into the mammogram and um, I did get a call the next day. So I, the alarm bells were there that said, um, you know, mentioning it to a few friends, they're like, oh, it could just have been the technician or many, you know, it could have been many things. Um, so I went back for the second mammogram and at that same appointment, they brought me into an ultrasound room. So I, again, you're, you're sort of getting warning signs, um, then had my biopsy. Um, I think within a week or so. So everything happened very fast, which was great. The results did come back that I had stage one breast cancer. What was interesting is that that marble size um, lump, you know, that I had for over a, a year, that was not the cancer. So whatever that was, um, it, it was burst in the machines, those lovely mammogram machines that we go through. <laughs> I mean, I'm not technically inclined, but what, whatever, whatever that lump was with the number of mammograms that I had, it, it burst in that machine. With doing the ultrasound and the second mammogram, they learned of a tumor that was deeper in my uh, chest cavity. So I had the first surgery and it did go well. Um, I, you know, I talked to the, the surgeon a couple of days after through the Skype service. And when I went for after my pathology, so it was 13 days after, and I, I just remember some details are so vivid. It was a Monday and I was supposed to be going to my nephew's um, graduation last week of school. And they, the pathology report had shown that there was another tumor and it was a 4.30 p.m. appointment. I was scheduled for surgery the next morning at 6 a.m. So that was two weeks to the day um, I had those two surgeries. 
it was what it was with all of this. It truly did. I want to say happen within a five week period. So I didn't really have time to think. I just was like autopilot. Okay, go here and, you know, keep up with life. And then so I had that second surgery. It I was very fortunate to get away up to our um, cottage to recover and then started my um, five weeks of chemo in, in August. So got through that and that was 16 sessions, which I was quite intense, um, which brought me to a week before Christmas. So that again, I, everything for as good as things could work out, that was good that I was done before Christmas, um, was able to get a little bit of strength so I could enjoy that. And then my five weeks of radiation started in January. So Jen, can you back up a bit and tell us you had two surgeries within a very short amount of time. What kind of surgeries were they? Yes. So the first surgery was a lumpectomy with sentinel nodes. Um, and essentially that, so that was a, just, they removed the tumor and the sentinel nodes is when it's procedured before the surgery where they put in a dye and see where the lymph nodes are that would be the first to drain. They took out five and out of the five, I had um, cancerous cells in three out of the five, um, which I, again, I, with being a warrior, I, I really didn't, you know, research this thing. I know we have the way, well, you, you know, we could check this on Google. That was not my strategy, right or wrong. So I don't, I didn't know was three out of five good or bad. I mean, it's better than five out of five, but <laughs> I, all I knew was that sort of up the odds that radiation and chemo would be more likely because you can certainly have breast cancer, you can have a lumpectomy, you can have a mastectomy without other treatments. So it just upped the game or reality that my treatment might be a little bit more extensive. Yes. And then to have the second tumor, that would have been, I think they, they termed it as a lumpectomy, but it was a marginal lumpectomy, which uh, for your audience, I apologize. I, I, I think it just... It, it was still, I mean, they were still going in to remove the tumor, but they, it was not a mastectomy. It, what, how it was described to me is almost like a, a fried egg. So the tumor is your yolk. The white area is the margins and surgeons and oncologists want a, a lot of the white margin, the white part of the yolk removed. So that's, I think, where the marginal piece comes into that second surgery. They wanted to make sure this that tumor had a, had a, a large enough margin around it to be seen as she's good to go. So it sounds like you finished up treatment, both chemo and radiation right before Christmas 2019. So are we talking about before COVID? So my chemo was uh, December 18th, 2019. And my radiation started January, 2020. So it was still, and it's interesting when you say before COVID, in the hospitals, people would be coming in and starting to wear masks. Uh, however, it wasn't required at that point. And it wasn't until my, um, so I had 33 radiation sessions that finished March 5th. And I was supposed to return to my fitness instructing on March 16th. And the world literally, I mean, shut down, as I call it, on March 15th. I got the um, email from my, the Good Life, it's a fitness club that I work at in Ontario, and they said, we're closing for two weeks. So that's why I know those dates so well. I, I finished radiation March 20th, um, excuse me, March 5th, 2020, 
supposed to return to teaching on a Monday, March uh, 16th, and uh, have not returned as of yet <laughs> due to the pandemic and three further surgeries. How did COVID affect your follow-up? And you just mentioned, I think, three more surgeries. So I, I can only imagine. So tell us how COVID had an impact on your follow-up and having just finished treatment, were you concerned? And when I say I finished the treatment, that what people know most of is the chemo and radiation. I, because of the type of cancer, it was um, estrogen positive, I was in, it's called Herceptin. It's just a, an IV drug. And that's what brought my total treatments for 18 months because I had to be on that a full year. So I was still in active treatment with the Herceptin, even in that March. I, I didn't complete that until November which certainly was during COVID. So when I would go to the hospital every three weeks, it was full on. You couldn't, you know, you had to go through the proper product protocol. You had to wear your mask. You couldn't bring anyone in. You had to go through all of these different rooms. It was, it was quite extensive. In terms of my fear at that point, surprisingly, I, I was okay. I was okay. What had delayed, however, was my follow-up mammogram. I'm not, with having my last surgery June 24th, 2019, I think they would have had to wait at least six months before they would do a mammogram. So when I, I think I would have been scheduled sometime in March um, at the latest. So that was delayed, which wouldn't have been horrible, but little did I know there was another tumor that was forming, which is where, you know, that was a real eye-opener to me and certainly the hardest news to receive. They, I went for the mammogram and then once again, they said ultrasound and, and the biopsy. And I was going through that process, obviously had been there, you know, 10 months earlier. I truly thought with having the two surgeries that it was just scar tissue. Thank goodness they went through the whole rigor more because even a few doctors said, oh, it's got to be scar tissue. I'm quite petite and, you know, that's all it is. But one doctor said, no, we're, go we're going through the whole thing. And I blessed to know that you have another tumor. I don't know if that's quite the word, but I, I would say I was um, because they found that third tumor still in treatment. So I'm now, what, six weeks out from radiation. And again, intense, 16 chemo, 33 radiation, still in Herceptin treatment, which is supposed to kill off any future cells. Like that's, that's why I went through it. Um, and another tumor was there. So at that point, it was mid-May and or even late May. And I said, double mastectomy. Everything has been on my left side. So three tumors on the left. However, I, I just couldn't go through this next year. Like it, you know, that's three times sitting in a doctor's office when they say, I hate to have to share this news. However, so I advocated for a double mastectomy. I mean, they were certainly fine granting me the single mastectomy. The double mastectomy obviously takes close to double the time to do that. And the surgery dates were were quite backed up and that was due to, to the pandemic. Fortunately, I was able to get a last minute cancellation, so I didn't have to wait that long. But when we talk about how did COVID affect it, I ended up having <laughs> my double mastectomy on my 45th birthday. You could be positive and say that's the best gift ever, 
I, I don't know if I agree. <laughs> and my, my husband, they were very, they were fortunate. The hospital is very close to where we live. So he snuck in. They did let him sneak in to see me on my actual <laughs> birthday. And I stayed two nights. They let him in both nights. Yeah, that, that was tough. Not that I would have had a lot of friends come visit me, but just the protocol that was in place at that time due to COVID. It wasn't the same experience that I, I mean, I was treated wonderfully by the staff, but you know, you're very isolated and you're they're not. Yeah, it was different. It was definitely different. That was my third surgery. So first of all, I'm really glad that they snuck your husband in, not only for treatment, but also for your birthday. I think that's amazing. And tell us, did you do reconstruction? Why or why not? And if you did, what type of reconstruction did you do? So I did do reconstruction because, uh, so there, I guess there was many factors because I'm petite and I, I didn't have extra fat that they could have used to re to, for, um, reconstructing the boob and it being my third surgery within a 13 month period, the scar tissue, they had to put a, an expander in my left side, which again, for those that don't know, it's, it's almost like a deflated balloon. And then over the last year, they would literally fill me up. They would pump me up <laughs> and they had to do it quite slow. My skin from the outside, yes, it wasn't beautiful and it kind of looks like stretch marks and so forth. Um, but I think the damage inside was worse due to three surgeries. So that scar tissue due to the radiation and chemo, all those combined makes it harder for reconstruction is, is what I've, I've always told. So it took a year for them to expand it, it slow and, and quite painful. On my non-cancerous side, um, they did put an implant because I was last minute. So I was supposed to go and sort of choose which ones I wanted. I was looking forward to that experience. Um, but because I got a last minute cancellation, I sort of got what whatever they had on hand. <laughs> so when I got my reconstruction surgery, which was six weeks ago, they replaced both. So they removed my um, expander, and they replaced the implant that I wasn't as happy with. So now I'm now I'm even. I'm I'm matched and I'm perky. <laughs> so six weeks ago, you are now done with reconstruction. You are perky, as you said. What was your worst moment during this entire process? I'm going to, if I can answer with two worst moments, I would say the, the, certainly, so I started my chemo in August of 2019 and I had four treatments. I was still instructing at Good Life at that time. So I would have my, that is my nature. It is that good for my mental health. That said, as when I cut my hair short and then, you know, I started losing weight, just the, the normal things that we hear of chemo by the end of September, early October, my mental health had completely crashed. I'm sadly not new to that. I have experienced anxiety and depression prior to cancer, but this put me into such a low state. I mean, when I think back and think of the treatments and so forth, that seemed minor to the mental state and the feeling and debilitation and just everything that comes in play with, with mental health. Uh, so that was clearly my low. I couldn't work out the way I was, which doesn't help my mental state. I'm looking, I mean, we're going into our Canadian winter. So, you, you know, you don't have your tan. I've lost weight. I have no hair. I mean, all of those things combined, um, that was my, probably my lowest of lows. 
then let's fast forward when um, in, in January I started to feel better mentally. I'm now done chemo. Radiation, you know, isn't fun, but you get through what you get through. However, when I was continuing with my Herceptin, then had my mammogram, my the ultrasound, the second biopsy, I had I was going for my, my routine Herceptin. And I, so I had my blood work that day, then I was going for the IV treatment and I had a follow-up with my oncologist and I so casually joked with him about my mammogram because I, I fainted in the machine, which again, all women can appreciate, not fun to faint in a machine with no nothing on. So I joked saying, did you hear my experience in the mammogram? And, you know, have you gotten those results? Not thinking that he had, because I thought he would have led with that. And that's when he said there was a tumor that was found. It, well, he worded it was, yes, it was positive. Positive, like it was good. What, what, what is the, Like, I really was not realizing that he was saying I had cancer. There was a third, because I was still in treatment and this is six weeks out from radiation. So I was almost not comprehending. And then when he said, no, there, there is another tumor, a cancerous tumor, you know, I'm just trying to take this all in. My husband wasn't with me. And I then had to go for this IV treatment where you sit for two hours by myself. And that's when it all just came down. Like I, I just, I could almost cry right now. It, it just, it was just a lot to take in being by yourself. So I remember phoning my sister-in-law just saying that the cancers come back. So, and I couldn't even phone my parents. Like I just, it was, yeah, it was, that was really hard and not to have my husband there with me and then just have to sit through more IV treatment. I'm like, why am I doing this IV treatment if, you know, it doesn't seem to be working, so to speak. Anyways, that was my low. By the time I got home that night, you know, you get hugs from your kids and my husband. I had the low and then I, my mind was set. I'm having the double mastectomy. We're going to move on. So tell us, Jen, what was your best moment in all of this? And also, what is one thing you wish you had known at the very beginning of your cancer journey? I, again, I, I didn't do any research. I think that can be good and bad, you know, because everyone's situation is different. What I wish I knew, and I, I truly have made this my passion project, in Canada, we are educated on processed foods and sugars and, and, and these things that, you know, people can make their own choice, but we know that that's not the healthiest choices. What I was not aware of is the toxins in our household products and the dangers and links to various health concerns. I am not claiming, Andrea, that I, you know, got cancer because of the products I've used over the last now 46 years. I just know that it is unexplained how I got that third tumor while still in treatment. And there are medical studies that do link toxins and it could be a candle burning. It could be your laundry detergent. Really anything we use within our house has been linked to lung disease, cancers, ADHD, mental health, asthma, skin sensitivities. I mean, the list goes on and on. I didn't learn that until after. So I wish that I had known that. It wouldn't have maybe helped 
Well, it may have, who knows? So that's, that's the answer to that. In terms of my highs, I'm, if I could answer, keep with my theme of, I need two answers. My first highs are various conversations with my sons. So they are now 15 and almost 13. So they would have been 13, almost 11. And one was when um, they knew I was losing hair and they're like, mom, you can get a wig. You can be red. You can be blonde. You can be whatever you want pretty fun. And then when I had this, you know, a year later had the double mastectomy and we're talking about boobs and I think I'm going to get reconstruction. (laughs) We're joking about the size. So those are my highs. Uh, We we didn't talk about the hysterectomy that I had. However, the reconstruction, I wasn't excited about having my fifth surgery. I mean, at that point you're like, maybe I'm too vain to even want, you know, go through and, and, and be reconstructed. And I hesitated and was ready to cancel, but they did need to remove my expander. So they had to cut me open anyways. It was sort of, it sounds silly, but for me, it was my gift of feeling more confident in my body to be reconstructed. And when I say small and perky, that is truly, I mean, again, I'm six weeks out, six weeks, two days. And I just, I do, I feel confident. I feel that I can put my journey behind me. I feel good. I'm going to be real firm on this next one. You get one. All right, Jen, if you could only do one, no more two, one thing to improve healthcare in Canada, what would it be and why? It would be to take a more holistic approach. From the experience and getting the diagnosis, I trusted the system. And I mean, I have no regrets. I, I, you know, I liked my doctors. I trusted my surgeons. However, I think the whole approach on any ailment We need to consider the oxidative stress of the individual, the foods they are eating, the products they are are using. I, I really feel that that whole picture needs to be considered, how much sleep they're getting, as opposed to this reactive approach of Jen's got a tumor. Okay, two weeks later, we're going to remove it. And then we're going to do a pathology report. And okay, based on that, we're going to determine the treatment very systematic that way i I wish that and certainly the way i live now is more the whole package the whole holistic way of looking at something as opposed to the reactive so more preventative care all right are you ready we don't know how we're going to do this but are you ready for the thriver rapid fire i am ready should i lift up should i put my chat function so that it, it takes up the screen andrea beach Desert or mountains? Mountains. Beach Boys, Beatles, or Rolling Stones? Rolling Stones. What is one word that best describes you? Resilient. And before you die, what is the last song you want to hear? Bob Cajun by Tragically Hip. And the last meal you want to eat? Homemade thin crust pizza. Your homemade thin crust pizza? Yes. And the last person or people you want to see? Oh, my family. I Everyone. I want to see my friends and family. I know. I just want like this huge party. That's, right. That's, Me too. Yeah. And the last words you will speak. I love you. And aside from Cancer You, what is one resource you would recommend for cancer patients and caregivers? And also, please tell us a little bit about your work and how people can get in touch with you. Um, Holistic University is another one that I've been using quite regularly. In terms of how you can get in touch with me, I I am on LinkedIn. 
I, I do have a Facebook group, a Jen's Journey to Healthy Living, and it's really recipes and um, a lot on mental health, certainly cancer prevention and natural products, uh, as well as my website. I have it. I'm supposed to finish it today. It is J-E-N-N-S-M-R-Z.com. So hopefully that will be up and running when, uh, when this is live. Jen, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story. Thank you for the opportunity. I, I mean, I do hope that I help your audience and it's just been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Cancer Youth Thrivers podcast. If you like our podcast, give us a five-star rating and review and tell your friends about us. Subscribe on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening right now. If you want to share your cancer journey with the world and be a guest on our podcast, go to our website, cancer.university. That's cancer.university. And hit the contact button or click the contact link in the show notes. You've been listening to the Cancer Youth Thrivers podcast. Real people, true stories.